This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Sit, sit, sit. <laughs> Thank you so much, Warsaw. Thank you so much. I've been really looking forward to this for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm excited. Uh, I've got a lot of time up here, so the fact that we have such a significant Q&A session excites me. And so what I'm gonna to try to do is, in, in this time together, do a bunch of different things. I, I, I know that there's different levels of uh, people's backgrounds, there's different levels of, you know, some people really know my stuff, others don't. Um, but what I'm really gonna to try to accomplish over the next 45 minutes is set a framework to allow for a very fruitful Q&A. Um, and because I really do believe that I will establish a thesis of opportunity that I think runs the gamut in here for our influencers, entrepreneurs, small businesses, large businesses, corporates, things of that nature. But I think what I really want to establish, as you can tell in these first couple of minutes, is to force everybody here to be very thoughtful about getting into the Q&A line and asking the questions because within the details is where this goes from propaganda or thesis or philosophy into tactical practitionership. And I will tell you, that for all my energy and all the content and, and all of the excitement that I have for life and business and things of that nature, if you asked me what is it that allows me to have the luxury and the honor of being here and having so many of you interested in hearing me speak, 100% of my answer is going to be the fact that I executed, that I was practical, that I put in the work, being excited or pumped up or seeing something or being thoughtful or seeing an opportunity is just the seed of what happens. The execution is what matters so much. How many people here have a really good sense of who I am and my story? Raise your hand. And how many do not? Shit, that hurts. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna give you a little context of my background um, because it's important because I think what you'll notice where I go here is there's not many things I believe in. There's just a couple things that are unbelievably true with the way that humans interact and the internet and specifically this device right now have a very big say in the way that all of us in this room can achieve our ambitions, whether that's financial or emotional, uh, whether that's for a business or a startup, whether that's to grow within an organization or start your own business. So the thing that I've been chasing since I was a very little boy is attention. To me, the only thing that 100% connects every person in this room is that we need somebody's attention 
before we can tell them what they want, whether we're running for governor, whether we're selling sneakers, whether we want somebody to give us money for our app or become the mayor of our town. No matter what you do in this room, besides all being human beings, the one thing, no matter where you are on your business journey right now, or your life journey, is that attention is the fundamental asset. And I genuinely believe that people have remarkably underestimated that. Some of you may know, many of you may know, that I was born in Belarus in the former Soviet Union. And I came to the States when I was a very little boy, so I don't remember it. But what is absolutely foundational in me is that I grew up in a society, I was born in a society that controlled the media and the information that people knew, and then I moved to a place that obviously has its own versions of control, but were dramatically more open by comparison to where I was born. The internet, to me, is doing to America and the rest of the world what America did to other countries because the democracy of information is so remarkable. What's super important and what I really want everybody to understand here, and it's fun for me to come to an Eastern European country that was under you know, a, the Soviet bloc because I think inherently in the DNA of everybody here, especially for the people that are 45 and older in here, there's a deep understanding of what I'm about to say which is oftentimes whether I'm in Asia or in America or other parts of Europe, I talk about how this is the best generation to ever be alive and the opportunity is extraordinary because I genuinely believe, me included, we are grossly underestimating the opportunities of the internet. It's so hard for us to understand how powerful it is because it's so early. Technology's impact on society is enormous, whether medicine or television or the phone or books or whatever it may be, but this internet thing connects us in a way that we have never seen on a global scale that has such an implication. You know, for example, one of the things I was thinking a lot about when coming to this speech, every country and region has its own nuances. For example, it's fascinating for me, especially because I've been executing on the platform for a decade that Twitter never took off in Poland like it has in other parts of the world. Or, what I'm probably gonna spend a lot of time on, so you might as well get ready, how I'm shocked by so many of you not taking advantage of Facebook and Instagram ads when I look at the pricing in the Polish market being, you know, how many people here follow me fairly regularly? So thank you. So you guys know how hard I push Facebook and Instagram ads. What's crazy is how much more of an opportunity it is in Poland than it is in America or the UK or other parts of the world. The amount of attention the end consumers in Poland give to Instagram and Facebook are extraordinary. The amount of you and the rest of the business world here, big and small, that are pouring money into it is very low. The delta is extraordinary and if you asked me what the number one thing that would excite me tactically out of this talk is to get so many more of you to spend in those two platforms for whatever business ambition you have. And so many, unfortunately, think that it's not for them or the platform doesn't have their customers on it or that it doesn't work because they've run some ads and it didn't work. And in that misinformation is all of the opportunity. Like I said earlier, I've been following attention my whole life. It took me a long time, but four or five years ago, maybe only two years ago, I realized that even when I was doing lemonade stands as a child in Edison, New Jersey, 
it wasn't that I stood behind the table and served lemonade, I was making signs and putting them on trees and posters on poles and trying to figure out if you were driving on Inman Avenue or Oak Tree Road or Tingley Lane, where would your eyes go? Which tree, which post would be most likely for you to see the lemonade stand so that you would come? And basically from six, seven, eight years old to today, the last 35 years of my life have been about attention. My career in business really took off in my 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 when I started selling baseball cards. I sold sports cards in America because it was a very big thing. And I would go to conventions, a room like this where there would be a bunch of tables. And every time I would go to that show, I would spend the first hour or two walking the show because I would need context on what was hot and what people were selling it for. But most of all, what I was doing is I was watching as customers started coming in, what were they stopping and buying? I was following their attention. Later when I was 14, you know, my dad came to America with nothing, lived in a studio apartment with tons of family members, eventually started working in a liquor store and then eventually saved up and bought half of it and eventually bought all of it. When I was 14, he owned a store in Springfield, New Jersey, dragged me in, and when, while I was bagging ice and learning the ropes, I spent all of my time, literally my dad or my uncle or my cousin would say, stock this shelf. I would start stocking this shelf with the wine, but the second a customer would walk in, I would stop and I would watch how that customer walked through the store. What would they grab? Why? Why did they go to the beer aisle? Why did they go to the liquor aisle? What would happen if we had a display like this? I've come to realize over the last couple years that I've been trading attention my whole life and, and that ability to understand where the attention is and then more importantly, or at least equally important, what to do with inside of that attention is basically the very simple outcome of who I am. And I would argue that if you look at every platform that is successful, every celebrity, politician, if you look at anybody who wins, their ability to understand where the attention is at a good price, because there's attention everywhere. Jordan, my trainer, is here with me. We travel and work out. We worked out at the hotel this afternoon. There was Polish TV on. You guys have a fuckload of TV commercials here in Poland. <laughs> we, uh, we watched them. They were ridiculous, just like they are in America and everywhere else. There's a tension. I was in Warsaw today. There was a TV. I was working out. I was watching some cooking show where the woman's very mean like Gordon Ramsay. And, <laughs> and uh, it was funny, I was watching it, I was like, man, Americans would think she was mean, but I'm Russian, she's not that fucking mean to me. Uh, but I was watching it, and when it would go to commercials, it was interesting to me what ran through my mind, obviously knowing that I was gonna talk today. There's a tension, people still see commercials. But the amount of people in 2018 when a commercial comes on that go and look at this in between TV versus how many people did that in 1998? In 1998, this didn't exist. You're watching the mean cooking lady. When it goes into commercial, you're watching that fucking commercial. Maybe you'll talk to your parent, but maybe you'll cook a microwave, but you're watching. In 2018, everybody in here, the second it goes to commercial, grabs this, and now this gets the attention. 
I did a little homework, that commercial in Polish TV has gone up in price, not down. It's more expensive, not less. Yet, all of you and everybody in this beautiful country's attention goes here. It's now overpriced attention. To me, life is very basic. There's a tension in a magazine ad. There's a tension in a newspaper ad. There's a tension on a billboard. Today, when I dro- we landed and we took a 45 minute drive to our hotel. I have never been to Poland before and I'm so happy to be here. I looked at my phone the entire time. I've never been in this country. Um, I wanted to come to this country because it's so close to where I was born. I got into a car, it's the first time I'm here, and outside the fact that they wanted to show me one building, your main building, which is beautiful by the way, besides looking at that building for 13 seconds, I looked at my phone the whole time. 20 years ago, I would have watched outside very carefully and looked at all the beautiful differences and similarities, but what I also would have seen was the billboards that you have on your highways and roads. That billboard, used to have more value. Today, it's gone up in price from 15 years ago, yet everybody here, when they're not driving as a passenger, is looking at their fucking phone. My friends, understanding this is very, very important. The amount of people in here who are wasting money in marketing every day because it used to work is the opportunity and the danger depending on how you're navigating your business and your life. What used to work is always the thing that's going to put you out of business. Looking backwards allows somebody to pass you. The amount of people that demonize and talk down to this and what's going on are doing it out of fear and laziness. They don't wanna learn it or they don't understand it. That, to me, is the opportunity. And so I come here doing some homework to bring most value for everybody here predicated on one very simple fact. How many people here are entrepreneurs and own their own business? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Wow, great. How many people here are work in marketing or work, in a, or work for another company? Raise your hand. Great. So since there's so many entrepreneurs here, for me, I'm gonna go that track for a little bit. I'll come back to the other track. The story of David versus Goliath is very interesting to me in its most basic form. I guess because I love business so much, it blows me away that big companies lose to people. It seems crazy. It seems crazy when you're a big company and you have hundreds of millions of dollars that you could lose to somebody who just started yesterday in five years. It's crazy to me that Microsoft lost to Google. It's crazy to me that IBM lost to Microsoft. It's crazy to me that Google let Facebook happen. It's crazy to me that network television let Netflix happen. That blockbuster video in America, the best video store, let Netflix happen. It's crazy to me. It makes no sense. You have all the money, all the leverage, the huge lead, and it happens every single day. It happens every single day. So one more time, entrepreneurs. When I launched winelibrary.com in 1996, my dad had a business doing close to $4 million in revenue on 10% gross profit 
which meant $400,000 in profit before he played his employees, which he didn't pay that much, but it still left us with very little money. I launched winelibrary.com, and at the same time, a couple months later, wine.com was launched out of Silicon Valley. They had $123 million in funding. Yeah. So I was a kid. I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. But I know when I read it in the Wine Spectator, it felt like I was in deep shit. (laughs) What I learned over the next four years changed the course of my life, which is it doesn't matter how much money you have, it matters what you know. I remember Wine.com launched maybe six months after we did and I looked at it and it was a disaster. They did not have wines that people wanted. The ones that they did were more expensive than what we were selling it for and everything felt off to me because I felt that they were being run by internet people and business school people, not wine people and entrepreneurs. I watched wine.com over a four year period burn through $100 million and go out of business and then have to get rebought by somebody else. For so many people that just raised their hand, we have such important advantages as entrepreneurs. Number one, our business is our baby. The thing that most people don't understand about entrepreneurship, when they talk about you need to spend more time with your family or how do you balance family and business is, and I'm sure so many of you will agree, when you have a business, that is your child. As somebody who now has two kids and has had businesses, it is a child. It is your child. And what's great about your business is it doesn't talk back to you either. (laughs) We have the advantage that our entrepreneurial business, we run because our life depends on it and the people with a lot of more money and bigger, they're run by people who are executives who are wonderful people, but they will not die if that business dies They'll just go get another job. Over the last eight years, I built a very large company called VaynerMedia. We work with the biggest brands in the world, Budweiser and Chase Bank, and just very, very, very big brands. The people that I interact with that make decisions are extremely smart, but they work for a company. And when you work for a company, you make very short-term decisions. The biggest vulnerability, one more time entrepreneurs, I apologize because I really want to understand. And I really want to nail this one down. For the entrepreneurs in this room, the biggest reason most entrepreneurs lose is when they act like big companies, which means they want to make money too fast. The biggest reason most entrepreneurs lose is when they're David versus Goliath, they try to act like Goliath and not like David. You will never beat a big company in a big company game. You have to beat a big company by playing like a small company. What does that mean? The biggest thing I've seen over the last seven to 10 years with entrepreneurs, because I've invested in companies like Facebook and Twitter and Uber and seen them explode, I always talk about that. I don't talk about all the companies that I wrote a $100,000 check to and went directly in the garbage. The difference, some had a better thesis and had more patience Others wanted to make a quick buck and look good in front of everybody else. When I was digging in a month ago for this talk, I had a very interesting curiosity. Being born in the former Soviet Union from Belarus, 
I grew up in an environment where I knew a lot of Russian people, a lot of people from the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> and growing up over the last 20 years, every subculture has its tendencies. You know, stereotypes are there for a reason. And one of the things I was most interested in was, hmm, I wonder in 2018, you know, 25 plus 30 years since the fall, in an internet age, are the entrepreneurs in Poland, like, are they like the Russian characters I know where it gets a little fucking shady and, and a little ridiculous and cold and hard? Like, there was, I was very curious. And when I dug, it wasn't that I found that, but when I dug into a lot of you who tagged this event on Facebook or Instagram that you were coming, and I looked at your profiles or the things that you're doing, the one thing that definitely stood out is, oh, it's not different. It's the same everywhere. And that is, I am astonished by how many people, when they produce content for the internet, produce it for their self-interest, not for their audiences. I am astonished by how many of you and I can think about 12 to 15 of you, and I'm trying to see if I can see any of your faces. I was astonished by how many of you produce content just in your best interest, not in your audiences. It's about you and what you're trying to sell, and for you, and every post, and every post, and every post. I know, it makes me cry. <laughs> She's right, the baby's fucking right. In 2011, I wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook, and I thought that I could help people understand that you have to give, and you have to give, and you have to give, and then you can ask, because just like attention, supply and demand is everything. And if you're gonna be a personal brand, or a coach, or an influencer, or have an app, or sell something, you have to understand, in 2018, in a world of Amazon, and Facebook, and Instagram, Everybody's gonna do that. There's nothing anybody here is gonna start that can't be started by hundreds of thousands, millions, and tens of millions of people for the same zero cost. The great thing about the internet is that we all can play. The terrible thing about the internet is that we can all play. It means you have to actually be good. Yesterday I was in London, a girl came up to me, she stood on stage, I was about to leave, but she was very emotional, I wanted to do it nice, so I came over. She said to me, I've been trying so hard for a year to build influence, you know, and I'm like, well, how old are you? She's like, 20. I'm like, well, what do you want to talk about? Well, I just want to talk. I'm like, why would anybody fucking listen to you? <laughs> and I wasn't trying to razz her, I was trying to get her to answer a question. I've always felt comfortable producing content because I didn't produce content for the first 15 years of my career. I first built an actual company. I then actually was right about where the internet was going. I then actually invested in Facebook and Twitter and was right. And then I had the audacity to think that I was worth listening to. Today, everybody just wants to be listened to because they want to get attention to then sell something. Do you know how fucking crazy that is? Do you know why 99% of people are gonna fail? 
because they're not bringing any value. I challenge you here today, Warsaw, very seriously, are you actually providing value in whatever your startup is? Are you actually providing value? Is what you're selling good? Is it worth it? Should somebody buy it? And most importantly, and this is where everybody gets like this, the biggest reason I think I've been able to be successful is I never do this, I do this. I wanna make sure I understand everything else so that I know how valuable my thing is. People are gonna say, my book is really good. There's a million fucking books. My SaaS product is amazing. There's a million SaaS products. We have to start having a conversation about value. Let me tell you another thing that's very important. The other thing I digged into, and I really didn't come to a conclusion, so I don't wanna bullshit you, but I have an intuition. The other thing that I'm most worried about in a room full of mainly entrepreneurs is that if you're under 30, how many people here are entrepreneurs under the age of 32? Raise your hand. High, raise it high, I wanna see it. Great. So, I love that. And the thing that I most fear about that is that if you're 32 or under and you're an entrepreneur, you've been living under a fake economy. A fake global economy, a fake local economy. There is so much subsidy in the euro and the dollar and the yen. The economy's been good for the last decade. And I'm very cautious and worried that people are not factoring in that the good times don't live forever. So if you're building a startup that is predicated on fundraising and valuations and not around actually making money, I highly recommend that you very quickly figure out how to make money because that is going to be the only way to survive when shit hits the fan and it feels unbelievably unsustainable for us to live in this inflated fake economy globally and that will crash and just like in 1999 and just like in 1992 and just like in 2007 and eight, when the shit hits the fan, all the hands in the air here, go and get a job. So the quicker everybody here can get practical and start focusing on creating revenue, not valuation and users, I couldn't push you more because unfortunately, straight from America and Silicon Valley, we have put your company's valuation on a pedestal, not how successful it is in making money, which is the job of a business. Understood? So, so now, with all that set up, let me tell you why I'm gonna spend the next 10 minutes to 20 minutes punching you in the face to start spending money on Facebook and Instagram. Underpriced attention. The reason I was able to help my dad build a business from a four to a $60 million business in a very short period of time was because Google AdWords were grossly underpriced. You know, I'd like to say it was a lot of other things than it was. I was a good manager, I was smart. I knew a lot about wine. I was a great salesman on the floor. There was a lot of things I did well. But the speed in which I was able to build the business was based on three things. Number one, I had a website. 
1996 and 1998 and 2000, that was rare for liquor stores and wine stores. So it was supply and demand. People were starting to buy online, but there was not a lot of people selling. Good for me. Number two, email. Email, even today, is still one of the most effective ways to sell bar none. I was in early, and so in 1998 and 2000, 2002, 90%, 80% of the people on my email list opened it, which is unheard of. How many people here have done email marketing in their lives? Great, so first of all, a lot of people in the front row. Second of all, email worked. Email works and it was remarkable for me. But most of all, the reason that I was able to accelerate our business was on the back of Google AdWords. The day Google AdWords came out, in the first couple months, I bought up every wine term and Google AdWords back then started at five cents a click, not 10 cents like today. And every word you can imagine in the wine world, I bought and it worked and it worked and it worked. Google AdWords, come to the website, get their email, get their buy, remarket to them. Nobody else was doing it. I felt smart and happy, but I have enormous amounts of regret. The reason I probably am making fun of television and newspaper and billboards in the beginning of my speech is I'm mad how much I spent on that in the early 2000s when I had Google figured out but I was still doing direct mail, TV, print, radio as I was growing because I wanted to market everywhere because I'm a marketer. What I should have done was taken all that money and put it all into Google and my story and family story would be three to $200 million, not three to 60. Got it? The reason I'm unbelievably passionate to come here besides supporting the organizers who I have a lot of love and respect for is because I believe over the next five years the economy is unbelievably unstable, potentially crashes, and in parallel, right now, today, this second, right now, Facebook and Instagram ads in Poland are somewhere between 50 and 500 times underpriced based on the attention you get in return. So we're sitting in this amazing cross-section where I know that everybody in this room has to squeeze very hard over the next two to five to seven years to get as much as possible before the shit hits the fan. And we have an opportunity at scale called Facebook and Instagram and 98% of this room is not doing it. And see? (laughs) DRock, can you create an Twitter account for me called Polish Baby. (laughs) 98% of this room is not doing anything about it and and here's what I do know. Right now in this room, only one person's crying. In four years, if you don't listen to me, 99% of this room is gonna cry because they're gonna understand that I told you it, I gave it to you, and you didn't do anything with it. I... And by the way, this is actually amazing. I'm so happy we have so much Q&A. In Q&A, I need some of you to come up who've run Facebook and Instagram. How many people here have run Facebook and Instagram ads and it has not worked? And it's not worked. Me, I've run ads that haven't worked. How many people have run ads that have not worked? Raise your hands. I need to hear from you when you go in line because it's very important. 
First of all, and how many people here have run Facebook and Instagram ads, period, like they've done it? Great, so what I really, really wanna harp on is two things. There's only distribution and there's creative. There's the content and where it goes. Facebook and Instagram ads are remarkable and I'll keep talking about it until the end and we'll do Q&A. The pictures and videos and written words that go into those ads are just as important as you actually running ads. The reason I raised my hands and the other few brave people that are not full of shit raised their hands is because we didn't put the right picture or video or written word in front of the right people. It's not complicated. I have your attention right now. If this is a terrible keynote, my super fans and people that don't know me won't like me as much tomorrow as they did today because it wasn't good. The content wasn't good. I plan on giving a remarkable keynote which will then mean people will like me more, not less. That is the variable. But I got to the point where I got the attention so I'm in the game. You need to first put yourself in a place to get the attention. I do not want you to hire a 24 year old from the Ukraine to run ads for you. I want you to figure it out for yourself. Entrepreneurs, raise your hand. Raise it high and keep it up for a second. Every single person in this room who's got their hand up has to go home, search Google, and type in how do I run Instagram ads for a lawyer in Poland? How do I run, thank you, how do I run Facebook ads for a banker in Poland? This thing Google is fucking crazy. I don't know if you've ever used it. It's got the fucking answers. You have to read it. Look, I'm, de- I'm terrible at reading and learning, terrible. But I'm good at listening. So whether you have to read 10 articles, whether you have to listen to 10 podcasts, whether you have to watch 55 videos on YouTube, you have to, everybody who raised their hands have to, in my opinion, have to, on 25 years of business success, has to learn how to do it themselves. You go into your laptop or phone and you place the ad. You have somebody record or you write the picture. You have to see it. You have to taste it. Because if you do not, you will be leaving the biggest opportunity for a business person, human, or entrepreneur on the table since 2001 to 2003 Google. And let me remind everybody here, the biggest advertiser in the first five years of Google was Amazon. The number one person that put the most money into Google during the best era was a company, small company out of Seattle called Amazon. Everybody here knows Amazon right this second for many reasons. Jeff Bezos is an incredible entrepreneur. But do not get it confused. Google advertising was a substantial reason why. Let's talk about a couple other things. Number one, it's unbelievably important for this audience to understand a couple of other underpriced attentions. How many people here listen to a podcast? Raise your hands. Raise it high. I want the front to look what I'm looking at. Keep it up, I want, this is important for everybody. Look around, get a sense. I'm gonna say it's about 60, 70, maybe even 80% of the audience. How many of the people that just raised their hands were listening to a podcast three and a half, four years ago? Raise your hand. Look, raise it high, if you are. So, thank you. 
what, what I just demonstrated for myself and for you, and it's, you know, you're shaking your head, it's so powerful when you see it. It's so powerful when you see so many of the citizens of Poland raise their hand and it's 80% are now listening to a podcast. Three years ago, four years ago, I asked those same people how many were listening to a podcast and only 13 hands went up. That's powerful. What does that tell me? It tells me that I would go right now on iTunes in Poland, see what the top 100 podcasts are in this country and I would email every one of them and ask them how much it costs to do a pre-roll ad before their show. I know that unlike America, when you go to markets that are less mature in marketing, the prices can be remarkable. The third top podcast may ask you for 10,000 euros to do a pre-roll, but the fifth might ask you just for free product or for $500. When a market is new, it's inefficient. Influencers, I couldn't be more bullish on everybody here doing influencer marketing in this country and this region. Some people are grossly overpriced. Some people are grossly underpriced. It's a new market and humans don't know how to price themselves. Facebook and Instagram is a market, it's data. It's priced appropriately when there's enough demand being filled by supply. Humans will be inefficient forever. You need to get educated by asking 5,000 influencers and 400 podcasts how much money they want for you to get grounded in what's a good deal and what's a bad deal. People always ask me, Gary, what's a good deal for influencers? I'm like, well, just ask 5,000 influencers and then figure out the data. They're like, but they only wanna ask three and just buy. Impatience. Impatience is at the root of so much of this. So we're living through this remarkable time where influencers, podcasts, Facebook, Instagram. How many people here by show of hands are in B2B, in the B2B business as an entrepreneur? Raise your hands. Higher, please. Great, so let's talk about B2B. B2B is very interesting to me. I've never been more bullish on LinkedIn than I am today. LinkedIn is very interesting over the last year and a half. As many of you know, how many people here are on LinkedIn and use it? Great. As many of you noticed, it's changed in the last two years, right? Four years ago, just like podcast, it was a utility to recruit people or spam them on email to do business. Today, it's been about content. The amount of business I'm doing for VaynerMedia and for me by putting out content on LinkedIn is remarkable. It's really what we dreamed it could be five years ago of could you imagine if LinkedIn became a business Facebook? It has. If you are in the B2B space here and you are not attacking LinkedIn by putting out articles, videos, and pictures every day, you are leaving money and opportunity on the table. Content is the gateway drug to success in our society. Content is what makes people do something. You now have the ability to make it and have happen for you what you want. It's sitting right in front of you and 99% of you are not making enough of it. I'm making 80 to 100 pieces a day and I'm not making enough of it. There's nothing else to say. When, I'm sure, you know what, this is a good thing to bring up, as you know, and this is gonna make a lot of sense for this region. How many people here over 40? Raise your hands. Beautiful, especially for the ones that raise their hands. When, the Iron Curtain fell, there was a group of individuals who moved fast and aggressively 
and disproportionately took advantage of the situation. Correct? Correct. There was a lot that came along with that and it was a little bit more mafioso and dangerous and a little different. For all of us, this is the iron curtain falling. If we move hard and fast enough against what's actually happening here, you can change the trajectory of your ambition and your life. I am struggling, very aggressively struggling, in trying to understand why so many people here who listen and watch me every day say this same exact thing aren't doing it. Is it laziness? Is it not believing? What I've come to learn over the last three or four years specifically is most of it comes down to insecurity. Most people here are not producing more content because they're worried about what happens when the content is posted. They're worried about what people are gonna say. They're worried about if anybody's gonna watch. They're worried about how many people follow them, how many likes they get. Is it actually gonna sell something? Do you know how many people here posted one thing on Facebook, tried to sell something, it didn't sell and they quit? You. Oh, ask, you want me to ask? I liked it better when you said us, it gave me a real life example. <laughs> we'll get into Q&A and I'll ask later, but the reality is, is the data is very clear, I see it every day, it's 99% of the market. There's a reason that there's a small group that is getting remarkable success. It's because they're the few people that are doing it and doing it well when it's very underpriced. I live in Manhattan. Hundreds of years ago, Manhattan real estate was very inexpensive. Some people bought it. Some people bought a lot of it. They changed the trajectory of their families' lives forever. That day will never exist. Now, Manhattan can be slightly underpriced when the economy's bad or slightly overpriced, but it stays within a range. A hundred years ago, there was big. Iron Curtain fell here in the early 90s. There was a big range of success. Today, right here, got it? This. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. As a matter of fact, I was thinking a lot about this trip. I was like, fuck, if, if after I'm done talking, 30 of you met up, right? Actually, I'm gonna try to make this happen. I want to, for the most aggressive and ambitious of you, when this is done, I'm gonna leave, I love you, Warsaw, yay. I'm hoping that 30 of you meet right there and I want those to be the 30 people that take Twitter and try to make it big in Poland and by them being the ones that do it, they'll be the biggest personalities on it and will disproportionately win. That would work. Let me tell you why it would work. There are islands and resorts all over the world where just 20 people got together and said, let's make this Southeast Asian island cool. Let's all buy houses, let's pour some money, let's run some media, let's get some PR, let's get some famous people to stay, and we will literally make this island that today nobody visits for holiday, cool. And it happened. And it's happened hundreds of times over the last 200 years. All this is is real estate. And the fact that 30 people here that are hungry and smart can work feverishly for two and a half years to build out a platform that is already at scale like Twitter just hasn't clicked here is remarkable. Like literally, I'm the, I, I love New York so much that I hate everywhere else, but I was like, should I fucking move to Warsaw and get big on Twitter? Like that's how big the opportunity is. 
So cool, I hope 30 of you meet up afterwards. I'm gonna finish with this and then I wanna go very tactical Q&A and I think we have runners, right? Um, oh, I think you got the, the hosts are gonna come up for a minute or two and I'll answer some questions and then we'll load it up and up. Before I go there though, I only touched on it lightly and I wanna go back into it because if you've got a half a brain and you listen to the last 40 minutes, it's very easy to understand the opportunity is substantial. My belief though is, and one more time, people that follow me pretty heavily, raise your hands. My belief is for all of you, you already know. My question is, what is it that's not letting you go in? How many people here play poker? Raise your hands, or have played poker. Why, this, why I ask that question is, in poker, when you become educated, and you have the best hand, you're very confident to go all in. That's what's going on right now with Facebook and Instagram ads, and I don't, I'm, every speech, yesterday in London, today here, next week in LA, every speech, I'm trying to figure out how to, what analogy, what joke, you know, what angle, how do I get you to understand how ridiculous this opportunity is? Jordan's sitting here, I'm gonna use him as an example. When Jordan started working out with me, he wanted to scale his business, he came with me, and he wanted to scale his virtual fitness training business. Jordan, like 99% of people in America in the fitness space were brought up or influenced by the last 20 years of internet marketers, right? Email, landing page, affiliate marketing, build a group, a funnel, all that fucking horseshit. Which is not horseshit, it's just sales. It's not marketing. Affiliate marketing is a bad term. It's affiliate sales. It's sales. It's short term. Email, a group, this, and we started working out together. And I was like, hey man, Instagram's about to explode. Like explode. And we started pushing, we started talking. And it's been so interesting for me to be able to watch through his eyes, his own brain shift of how the fuck, because in the beginning, and he'll admit it, because he's good like that, you know, he knew that I was me and successful, so he had to take the advice seriously but it was hard for him, I could see it was hard for him to make the connection point because giving it away, not having a big audience, like it didn't make sense. Slowly but surely over the last two years, producing multiple pieces of content and every day pushing him harder to bring value, not to take value, harder to bring value, not to take value, and just every month or two months, marketing, brand, my friends, you are wearing clothes right now. Let me promise you, for 99% of you, you bought those clothes because of branding, not because you were cookied on the internet and remarketed to and then you bought that dress. You bought on brand, whether visual brand or whether on the brand that you knew, right? Either the way it looked or the fact that you buy Gucci or Nike or Prada. Brand building is fundamentally different the brand building opportunity on Facebook and Instagram is extraordinary right now if you produce content. Brand lasts three generations. Sales last three months. You have to understand how important this is. There's a reason I don't have a mastermind or an ebook. I'm not looking for sales, I'm looking for brand. There's a reason that I'm trying to bring the best content for free on the internet. I want brand, not sales. Once you establish brand, 
sales becomes super easy. Once you establish brand, sales, beca- sales becomes, once you establish brand, sales becomes boring. People's inability to provide value and deploy patience keeps them away from building a brand. Please start doing a lot more listening. I'm blown away when I audited how many of you post on Facebook a piece of shit content, you suck, but three people miraculously reply and you don't even reply to them because that's how much not giving a fuck you give. How do you expect to build an actual business by not giving a fuck about your customer? It's 2018, we're just starting, we didn't even touch blockchain, we didn't even touch AI, we didn't even touch machine learning or AR or fucking the fact that robots are gonna kill your children. (laughs) We didn't touch anything. We're talking about one very narrow thing. Why? Because everything else I just mentioned is coming. And coming's amazing, I'm excited about what's coming. But the way you win is by executing on today. And when people are worried about, well I'm gonna win on this in 11 years when they're not winning today on this, they have no chance. This is a treadmill. All that technology I mentioned, that's a marathon. One day we will remember this phone and think of it as a pager. In 10 years, you're gonna look at this phone and be like, what the fuck? Your future children and grandchildren are gonna make fun of you that you had a smartphone. They have a fucking robot that does everything for them. We are just starting. We are just starting. Please take advantage, let me tell you, and you know, how many people, it's probably not a lot, how many people, and don't raise your hand if it's not true, I'm just curious, how many people here have been following me for more than seven years? Anybody? First of all, thank you, thank you. As you six people know, in 2009, 10, 11, I made a lot of content. I was out and about. And then in 2013, 14, 15, 16, a lot less. I wasn't doing talks, I wasn't writing books, I wasn't making videos. Because there was nothing exciting to talk about. What I mean by that, there was plenty to talk about, but there wasn't this amazing moment in time where if you hit hard, you could win. And for me, I'm looking to build brand. The kind of brand I want is built on admiration. How do you get admiration as a person? You say something to inspire somebody to do something that changes their life in a good way. I could do motivation and make you feel good all the time. I'm not driven by that. I'm fine with it, it's cool. I'm driven by there's a fucking deal right here. You should buy it and if you buy it and then resell it, your life will be very good. That deal right now is the attention of every fucking citizen in Poland on this device on four apps and you're not doing anything about it. I've come to Warsaw to fucking strangle you into doing it. Because in nine years you're gonna watch this video because I'm gonna run ads on whatever the Facebook and Instagram is in nine years in Warsaw and the video is gonna start with, you fucked up nine years ago, please do this now. This is a moment in time. I have made my entire career of hitting hard in moments in time. Please do not be passive. Please do not be audacious. 
please do not be lazy in a crazy time like this because it's going away and it's gonna go away soon. And whether we have another year of this or three years, I promise you, over the next half decade, Coca-Cola and IBM and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Hard Rock, the cafe I did see when we were driving here, and everybody else is gonna wake up and they're gonna start running ads in Facebook and Instagram and you're not gonna get in front of a thousand people in Poland for $5 anymore. It's gonna cost $80. And the other thing is everybody here is not gonna be looking at their stream very carefully as they were today in five years, just like they don't look at their email as carefully today as they did 10 years ago. Attention is the asset. Executing against it is how you win. I really, really, really appreciate your attention and thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three. Hello, hello. One, two, three. No, it's not the first thing you can get. Just let me see your Q&A. Thank you. Amazing, Gary. Thank you. Zanim jednak nastąpi sesja, mamy mały prezent dla Garego. Little gift for you, Gary. Prosto z Polski. So we took one thing at a time. Yep. And uh, I will elaborate on the first one. Uh, Lukasz, can you say what's that? Tak. Pierwszym prezentem jest piłka. Futbolowa. It's a special one. Why? Dlaczego ona jest biała w większości? I love American football. <laughs> But uh, the, uh, why it's like... Blank? Yeah, it's almost white. Because the best moment in your life wait for... Still to come. Here. I appreciate Still it. Still to be created. Thank you. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. And now you will understand the difference between him and me when I give you my gift. Yes. And I want you to elaborate on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's that? How many people know who Randy the Macho Man Savage is? Raise your hands. Good. I love you 11 people. This is my favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> and I already have eight pairs of these and I'm excited because I'm going to wear this pair too. Thank you, brother. Moi drodzy, tak szybciutko, Rafał będzie teraz prowadził Q&A. Rafał nie jest człowiekiem przypadkowym na tej scenie, jest, współpracuje z Garym od kilku lat, jest operatorem, jest producentem, kręci bardzo dużo wideo razem z Garym, także najlepsza osoba do tego, żeby to poprowadzić. Okej, okay. uh, amazing speech, amazing talk, what can I say? Uh, I know we're running low on time and there are a lot of people who have questions. So I will be very quick. Sure. We have two questions that we have prepared as organizers. We asked our, uh, our friends, our followers online, and we got to two questions. So the question comes in two parts. Is audio important? Don't answer, if I may. Yes, it's very, very important. You know that you just ran a huge conference in New York about audio, Alexa skills, all that stuff. We know that. Everyone knows that, I believe. Now, the question is, if audio is so important today, and the companies that do not yet do video or graphics or good content, should they invest into audio or should they firstly start catching up? When I describe audio, I think of it in two forms. One, audio media, actually having a podcast. And I think all of you, if you do not have a podcast, if you like to talk or interview people, should debate it. Because when you're the media and not an advertiser, your business grows. That's a super important point. The other way to think about audio is more where you're going, which is I believe that Alexa and Google Home and Apple HomePod and some other company that I'm not thinking of who makes a great device, that those 
platforms are on the verge of being extraordinary big. How many people here by show of hands have a child under eight years old who has an iPad and talks to the iPad on YouTube or Siri? Raise your hands. Just raise them, I wanna see it. The nine to 15 of you have a huge advantage. You're watching how humans are actually gonna live in 10 years, they're showing you. We are going to do audio search more than we're gonna do typing search. Google is in very, very big trouble if they don't win with Google Home because Amazon or Apple or somebody else will take the search business. It is much faster in five years, not today. How many people here have an Alexa or Google Home? Raise your hands. So for the 20 20 or so of you, you know that it's still clunky. You know, you ask something, it doesn't, but the internet was clunky. Like, do you remember Kukuch? It used to be dial-up. Exactly. So Gary, would you say that we we are in audio? Hold on, hold on. So devices that interact with us as audio devices that are smart and on the back of AI are going to dominate our lives over the next 10 years. To answer your question directly, I love investing in video because you can strip the audio. When you do video creation, you get audio, video, and you can have somebody as an employee watch it and write. I, how many people here saw the uh, slide share or LinkedIn post that deck I put, the Gary V content model? Raise your hands. Great, that was serious shit. I really went into detail on that. And that is my master plan and why I am who I am. It is recording everything and then producing content in audio, video, and written word and picture form across all the platforms where there's attention. I think that everybody should invest in video if they can. Mm -hmm. If they're embarrassed to be in front of the camera, then audio is amazing. You can record right on your phone. Audio is gonna grow. We saw it in the hands in here. Let me give you a preview. The reason this room went from 13 people to almost everybody in podcasts is because audio is passive. Mm -hmm. Audio is passive. You value time. Just so you know, whether you realize it or not, you put time on the same pedestal as health and money, time. When you're on the subway or the train or driving or working out, you can listen to information. It's harder to watch it. Audio has grown because we've become busier and more efficient and we value our time. Audio will continue to grow because time is your biggest asset. Should everyone today have an Alexa skill versus podcast? Because that requires a bit more technical knowledge. I don't think everybody needs an Alexa skill As yet. a business or? Even as a business, as much as I'm bullish on it, it falls a little bit more into coming. I th- I could, I'd be okay if people even waited another year or 18 months. That's when I think it might start happening. Mm-hmm. Um, why I like building an Alexa skill now is because you'll probably make something like my first.com. WineLibrary.com's first site was a piece of garbage. But I learned so much in those 18 months that by 1999, when it was still early, I was not an expert, but I was fucking educated. If you were to spend five or $25,000 and waste it on Alexa skill for your personal brand or your business, my intuition is in 18 months when you build your next one, when it actually matters, you'll amortize out the cost by the investment you made by the learnings. Make sense? Okay, and another one. Then we go straight to the audience. Um, we talk about that a little bit uh, behind the scene and during the podcast that we recorded. Farming versus hunting. Yes. Just 
elaborate, a lot of people ask for it. Is it very similar to your concept of jab, 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 right hook? What are the differences? No. How would you... The way uh, I describe hunting and farming in a business is very simple. When you're hunting, you're out trying to get sales, right? You're building brand or you're actually having meetings, you're hunting. And then you bring it home. And then you farm. You farm what you found. I'm fascinated by it because most people are usually only good at one or the other. A lot of people here are good at sales and they think they're an entrepreneur. They can make the sale, but then when the business has to deliver for the customer, all they do is turn customers, which is why they never scale. Other people are incredible in customer service or their product, but they're embarrassed or introverted to sell. They don't have it. The reason I talk about hunting and farming a lot is because it's why I believe in partnerships so much. Some are lucky and have both. Most don't. And when you don't, you either have to hire very smartly for the thing that you're not good at, or you have to find a partner who she or he loves the business as much as you to hold down those things. There are no successful big companies that don't do both, and most people aren't self-aware enough to realize they're not good at one or the other. Thank you very much. Thank That's you all from me. Thank you once thank again. You. Uh, let's give as much thank you value as we can to the people. I know there are a lot of questions. There are two people with a who microphone. Who are the runners? You. Where are the mics? I guess I'm the first one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the microphone was next to me, Gary. Uh, first of all, huge fan since Crush It. Thank you so much for everything you've been doing. Uh, one thing that you just mentioned about the farming, but also before that people get uh, really comfortable when business goes well. Yes. And my question uh, to that is, uh, we've managed to farm for past six years. I run a streetwear brand. We managed to create in Prague and in Slovakia something like a Supreme style because we sell out and the hype is huge. Uh, but we kind of uh, struggle to get further, you know, like wh whenever we go to get a global attention, to get a European attention. What would be the first thing that you, you would do on my, my place tomorrow, for instance? If I was your new partner and their day one, I would say to you and your partners, I would say, wait a minute, why are we worried about America and, and Asia and South America? Are we doing that for our ego? Because I would ask what's going on in Prague and Slovakia and Poland, have we maximized our home? Have we squeezed that orange enough that there's no more juice? Then you go. The biggest mistake young entrepreneurs make is when they're getting a little traction in a market or two, they want to be big and they want to win in Manhattan and have a fucking, you and your friends already talked about the store you're gonna have in fucking Soho and Tokyo. Brooklyn, yeah. Of course. That's why most entrepreneurs lose. They overexpand because they go wide and not deep. And when shit hits the fan, when you're shallow, it's very easy to kill you. So I would tell you, my first take is, have we maximized the markets we're winning in? I can promise you, you haven't. Thank you so much. You're I have welcome. so many more questions, but unfortunately there's too many more people. It's a Thank pleasure. you, Gary. You're Thank welcome. You. Okay, next person. Who's someone, here, someone here at the front? Gentlemen. Where's the other mic? This lady over here? You have the mic? Cool. Yeah. So you'll There's be next, okay? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? This is on. Very good, thank you. Uh, What's your first name? First of all, uh, my name is Wahido. Thank you very much for being here. Second of all, uh, it's my birthday, and I would love to just give you a brotherly... You want me to wish happy birthday? Like, sing happy birthday to you? No. <laughs> oh. No, just, just a selfie in, with in you. Polish. Sure. And, and a hug would be amazing. Let's do it. Okay. And the second thing is... Um, you know, I'm, I'm a life coach and, uh, you know, I want to scale 
and I want to bring my content to other people, to even more people. I'm doing exactly what you are saying again and again and again, bringing value, bringing value, bringing value. I'm not sure if I'm just bringing value to myself because I'm speaking about things that I actually love and be, were challenged by. But, uh, you know, I work a lot with influencers also on Instagram. I coach them and I also coach coaches. And I just wanted to know if you have like one word or one message for life coaches in, in specific. How the, do they scale? Well, they scale. Most life coaches suck because they're full of shit and just want money. So, 100%, 100%. so my advice to the general life coach and to you specifically is give away as much of your best information as possible for as long as possible, maybe even forever, right? You know, I, in my way, have a lot of those tendencies, but I don't monetize my audience. I monetize in the middle, not directly. I don't have masterminds or hourly rates or a closed group. I scale through building brand. That's ultimate scale. I give everything away for free. The more you give away, the more you have opportunity to get. So my two advices are don't be full of shit and give away as much as possible for free. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. There's a gentleman over there on the right-hand side. We'll do it at the end. Guys, yeah. Hello. Yep. You have to pick somebody. We'll do it one by one. We have time. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I've got two questions, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And the first one is, the thing is that I'm doing the partnership uh, programs and uh, the business scaling for startups as via franchising. So there was a specific model and um, we are combining the marketing and business development together. So everything was cool, 16 million done by the first of the year. And what I'm trying to say that you have just told to the whole auditorium over here that you should not hire Ukrainians who are 24. Well, I'm Ukrainian and I'm 23. So why they would not hire me in a year? If they hire you without knowing anything about it, they wouldn't know how to judge how good you are. Okay, let's imagine this. So it's not, a, it's not about, look, I was a 22-year-old whiz kid. I, I let kids do things all the time. I just don't think it's a good idea for somebody to outsource the most important thing. They have to become educated first, then they can hire you and everybody else. But first they have to know how to even judge if you're doing good fucking work. Um, well. I think that's, thank you very much for this. You're welcome. Another thing is that you were talking about the problem uh, with the um, startups and scaling and the capitalization itself. Yes. We have found out the way of uh, how to make money on that one in several years. And the uh, problem is that we got to know that why incubator closes the um, final stage just like in three days. So here is the question. How do you reach one million of the investments or maybe on the intent letters in three days. You know what, I wasn't able to fully hear that. What was the question? How do I what? How do you raise a three million investment on the intent letters in three days? If that would be you right now, 23 year old Ukrainian. <laughs> so the, the answer is I would never, you know, it's hard for me to answer, I think you'll appreciate this. It's super hard for me to think what about marketing that. marketing channels. 
Yeah, but I, it's just not something, it would never be the way, I, I don't have that framework. It's like, it's like a broken part of my, biz, my, my system. The thought of raising $3 million in three days. Yeah, one million, only one. And, and we have already, like in, in one day, we have already received uh, $400,000. Uh, the ability to, like they are showing the interest, so we are waiting for the letters. So only like 600 left. Question is, how many, how many people have you, how many high, how many high net worth individuals and VCs have you asked to invest in you? Only per private equities, like private people, we were just coming and saying, hey, here we go. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the way you raise capital is you ask people for money, right? Yes. So if you said, how would we raise only, only $1 million in three days, I would ask as many people as possible that either have high net worth or are in the business of investing. So only partnership, like one-to-one, and then that's about it. Yeah, because the problem with VCs is they drag people out. What do you mean? I mean, venture capitalists waste entrepreneurs' times 99% of the time. So what would be the better way than going to the VC? I'm a bigger fan of such a small number, like a million, to go to high net worth individuals who are rich people who are excited about writing, writing a 50 to a $250,000 check. So $50,000 check, but the amount of it all matters. Mm-hmm. Correct? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Let's go on that side, please. There's a gentleman over there. I'm here, yeah, please. We'll go one side each. Hello, Gary. Hello. Nice having you here. My name is Harry. I've Harry? I've traveled from uh, Greece with my wife, Manuela, to see you. Um, I would like to ask you, before you said that um, when the market goes down and the shit is the, it's the fan, uh, people were looking for jobs. That's right. In either companies. Yes. Do you believe that opportunities can be born in such uh, situations? Of course. I think people can say both, both my companies, VaynerMedia and Wine Library, were born from garbage economies. But I'm great. And people should no, I mean this. It's super important. Of course there's going to be opportunities. The problem is there's a lot of people right now that are kind of winning that are winning because the economy is frothy, not because they're good. That's who's in trouble. It's very easy to get $4,000 from a brand to take a photo on your Instagram when the economy's good. When the economy's bad, no brand is gonna do that. Then you're an influencer with a million followers on Instagram and you're like, where's my money? Nowhere, now what? You haven't built anything except your reputation. And someone else can build something and help these influencers. A hundred thousand percent. The biggest fortunes in the history of the business world were made in the beginning stages of a shit era because everything resets. Exactly. So if you asked me what my great business dream is right now is for the fucking world to go into a depression. You're my man. <laughs> You're my man. Thank you. There's a gentleman over there. He was first. Uh, guys, uh, gentleman over there. The one standing. He was first, yeah. Hi. She, she, oh, her. Yeah, yeah, let's do the other one go first. Ahead. Here? Okay. Yep. Hi, my name Hi. is Marta. Matka. Marta. 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 Yes. <laughs> I've been working for a big corporation for Mars for 12 years in marketing. Very FMCG. nice. And uh, last year I started my own company, strategy marketing consulting. 
what would you recommend to me as a new entrepreneur after 12 years experience in big TV, marketing, sure. et cetera, apart from starting from digital? Of course. And when you ask me what do I recommend, are you asking me how to get your first clients or what area you should focus on that I think is most fruitful? How to scale. I have clients already. How to scale. Well, I'm one person entrepreneur at the time. Sure. So a couple things. Scaling for entrepreneurs is difficult to begin with. For people that lived within a corporate environment for more than a decade, it's even more difficult because you took a lot of things for granted that the company offered that you don't think about when it's your reality, right? There's a really great way to scale. The, the beautiful thing about working at a company like Mars for 12 years and sophisticated marketing is you met a lot of people from agencies, former employees, you know, brand managers, consultants. Your Rolodex is your most important asset. I think the way you scale is by not hiring, but creating a freelance network of people you trust because you know they're good, not full of shit. And I would spend all my time rekindling on LinkedIn relationships that if you, as I'm talking to you, you're like, oh yeah, six years ago, there was you know, this guy, John, who was amazing. Where is he? Oh, he works for Procter, he works as a consultant in London. You email him, hey John, I've started my own company. The work you did for me you know, on M&Ms in Poland two years ago was amazing. I was responsible for M&Ms. So there we go. I, I would love to use you when I get new business in as a freelancer. He writes back, Marta, great to hear from you. I'm too busy, sorry, next. Hey Susan, six years ago you worked for Ogilvy. You were my, you know, I was your client. You were very smart. I've started my own company. I see that you live in Helsinki now and work at another agency. If I get new business, can you freelance for me on the side? Hey Marta, you'll never believe this. I hate my fucking job. I wanna do freelance. You're amazing, yes, tell me when. You need to basically take the last 12 years of your Rolodex, reach out to them, tell them what you're doing and ask them if they would freelance for you when you get jobs. Now you have scale without ca carrying the overhead of salary. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a good one. That was a good answer. Ladies and gentlemen over there, please. And the lady behind me. Okay, hey Gary, uh, I would like to shake your hand because you changed my life entirely. Thank you. So last year I was uh, a very, mm, let's say, scared and sh full of shit kid in business school because of my parents expected me to be. And uh, I quit my business school. I went into biohacking, into hypnosis, into meditation. And so uh, I'm not gonna get into any business related stuff. It's all in front of me. I, it's all patience and I realize that. Uh, it's easy to forget about it. Very. Yeah, and uh, so my Patience question... is not sexy. Exactly. Hey kid, wait 28 years and eat shit and then it will get good. Nobody wants to buy that. So um, I know you talked in many of your keynotes that you're not really into meditation or mindfulness, but... No, no, I'm, you know I'm very into it. I myself don't meditate, right. but I believe in it the most. And my question to you is, have you ever been hypnotized? No. Would you like to be hypnotized? Definitely right now? not. <laughs> uh, let me just, uh, just. There's nothing that's going to come out of your mouth that would make me even consider hypnosis. Oh, no, I'm going to tell you about the just quick three things. So you're not going to lose control. You're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to do anything. 100% no. Okay, so maybe next time. Definitely no, not. But until then. <laughs> until then. I mean, um, it's. A, but by the way, no, yeah. that doesn't mean that I don't think it could work for others, but you're talking to an individual that 
is so grateful for his mindset. If you think I'm gonna let anybody fucking touch it, you're out of your fucking mind. Oh no, I'm, I got you. But like, uh, like you said, 98% of people here are not executing for many, like, like with your childhood, you were raised, you were, you have 100%. your DNA, it was your environment. For many people in here in Poland, we live in a sh full of shit after communist country, Eastern Europe, and we are grown to be afraid to be really putting ourselves down in our heads. So for me, uh, how would you market this to Polish people who are raised in a way to be afraid of hypnosis and other stuff? So a couple things. Right. First of all, what you need to focus on is the people in here that are gonna say yes, not no. Okay. Everything I've done in my life, internet, social media, like everything I've ever done, the answer was no. I've always sold to a very small group of people and then later it became big. You're going down a, the wrong path. Forget about everybody here like me who's like, fuck you kid. Okay. Worry about the 5% of people who are like, hey, maybe. Too many marketers or when they start a business, they worry about the no's without realizing all the action is in the yes. It's very similar to the advice I gave my man over there. He's worried about Tokyo and London and New York. He needs to quadruple down on Warsaw and Prague. You don't worry about post-Soviet, like head down, forget it. Talk, put out content of what you believe and why it's valuable and the seven people that come to you is the beginning. Deliver for them, have him make a video say, my life was shit, he fucking hypnotized me, my life is great. Other, you know, and so that, so gotcha. that's how you do it. Gotcha. Step, 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 step. Thank you very much. Thank you. Others, uh, lady over there in a red top. Okay, but I have to take oh, okay. oh, that's fine. Next Hi, one. Gary. I Hello. met you first time on the La Web on 2008. You got a, a, a quick talk and you told me, follow your heart. I follow my heart. I founded the platform for Catholics. It's a quite small niche, 1.5 billion users potential. And now we are doing the video with the, with the leaders. How, how you, what you advise me to promote the global brand? We mainly op operate in Poland, in Mexico, in States. I just came back from Manhattan yesterday. Great experience. So, and we will be doing your diocese of Manhattan as well. So the question is how you market the global brand, the social network now for a very specific group. Like you have a LinkedIn for the, your professional life, but you have godly.com for your spiritual life. You run Facebook ads against the people directly in Mexico, in Spanish, around the brand. Marketing is easy now because of Facebook, because you don't have to run one commercial for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So that whole first 25 minutes of my talk, that. Yes, we, we're recording the leaders, the people who exist, Good. who are uh, interesting, so and we're using their brand to build our brand. Great, and you run that, and if you see that it's working, you run more, and if you run that, and you see it's not working, you gotta come up with something else. Okay. Reactionary, counter-punching, not attacking. Okay. okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, the lady over there was waiting quite a bit, please. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody, and hello, Gary. I came here from England just to see you. I was in England yesterday. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it's all thanks to Rafael. I know, he's the he best. He invited us. Go um, ahead. Well, I represent multi-level marketing uh, industry. Yes. Um, and the brand called Tianda. And I have a question about marketing online. Yes. And in, obviously, Instagram and uh, Facebook. I think there's so many people who 
who experience how pushy we can be. And my question is, how can we do it ethically? And so people can generally feel that we have something special and we can market it without being pushy. By not being pushy. <laughs> you basically asked me, hey, in the fitness industry, a lot of people are being sold that they can get into shape by not doing anything. I wanna get them to get into shape by actually doing push-ups. Teach people how to do push-ups. This, there's plenty of people winning on Facebook that are not pushy. Mm -hmm. The problem is 98% of people are pushy. That's why you see so much of it. Yeah, but there's nothing really, there's nothing really coming out of it. We feel that they are too pushy and we reject it at the beginning. No shit. <laughs> so, what's, what's, so we have to be pushy anyway. No, you don't be pushy. Don't be pushy. Don't be pushy. Don't be pushy. But how to do it, practically? <laughs> By giving people information. I think, I'll, I'll give you the answer because I'm playing around here a little bit and I think this will make sense to you. If everybody in here thought that they were a media publisher, not an advertiser, they would make different content. Instead of thinking you're making a television commercial, think that you're making a television show. Got it? You're making commercials on Facebook. That's when you're pushy. When you start thinking about making a show, now you're bringing value, entertainment, information, utility. That's how you do it. Thank you you're welcome. Thank you. There's a lady over there. Uh, Hey Gary, thank Hello. you so much. Can we do, can you do me a favor? As soon as we're done here, can we go in the back a little bit? There's, there's people in the back. Yeah, of course. You're okay. being a real jerk. Just no glasses, I'm sorry. <laughs> Got it. Hey Gary, uh, so I know you hear this all this the time. Goes. I know you hear this all the time, but if it wasn't for the energy, for the enthusiasm and like for the perseverance that your content has given me, I wouldn't be who I am today. So thank thanks you. a lot. Thank I have you. a comment and a question. So um, comment first. Um, your shoes are laced wrong. Yes. To, yes, so you need to uh, look at the way that I've done mine and do yours the same way. That looks way too fucking complicated. <laughs> it's not, it's not. I can't, listen, I know how to do certain things, like you know, build hundred million dollar companies. And then there's things I don't know, like how to tie my fucking shoes and stars no, no, like no, you. No, look, no, look, my, my vision is a star in the clouds. That's why this is a this star. This is remarkable, but I don't even tie my <laughs> shoes when they go unlaced, so I'm out. Next. Okay, so question. I'm a that sounds watcher. scarier than getting fucking hypnotized by that dude. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so question. So I'm a data rock star. So, okay. So I, um, I work with online businesses and yes. solopreneurs, and I use like data and analytics to like max out their revenue. Amazing. Right? So, um, and I wanna like max out my business before shit hits the fan. Okay. So, um, like all of my clients now are like online businesses. Yes. Do you think I should diversify and like, you know, work with like local clients? I'm uh, based in Germany and Lithuania and I'm moving to Japan next year. Okay. <laughs> um, so first of all, I like that. Here's what I would do based on what you just said. Because you have a global mindset and even the way you're moving physically, I, if I was your business partner, would say, hey, okay, here are our clients. Let's have as many clients that are Fortune 500s, mm -hmm. midsize and entrepreneurs, and then Asia 
America, like I'm opening up Singapore and Brazil next year for VaynerMedia, right? Why? Not because I need it for my ego, I wanna diversify globally that when the shit hits the fan, I can move around because maybe Brazil's economy's on the way up while Europe and America's on the way down. So what I would do is I would break it into 18 boxes, data, right? I would go Fortune 500, huge, mid-size, small, and then I would pick 10 or 12 markets, Africa, US, Europe, and I would make sure that all the boxes were filled with clients so that you could handle any shift. That takes scale, that takes a lot to do, but that does protect you more than not. Okay, awesome, thanks so much. You got it. Thank you. Uh, Ladies at the back over there, jumping. Yes, yes, at the back, please. (laughs) Yep, go ahead. Okay, you'll be next. I can in a second, I think. Go ahead. Uh, hello? Yes. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Marta. Hi, Marta. Uh, Fucking everyone named Marta here? <laughs> That's a typical name. I know, I know, I'm kidding. You will not forget. I know, Marta, Basha. I fucking know. Let's go. Okay, so actually I have a crazy idea. Uh, I was thinking uh, for some time of uniting all Slavic nations together. Hmm. And I know that United States, they have Silicon Valley. They are all united. China is really united right now. I used to live in China for two years and I learned really a lot. Yes. And right now what I see is that we all argue all the time. Yes. We, we are working for China. We are working for United States. We're not doing anything. Yeah. And I see, because I work with an entrepreneur from United States and he's Slavic as well. Yep. You are Slavic. We are all Slavic. We can do something. We can do Silicon Valley here Somewhere in Poland, for example. No chance. We can call it, (laughs) why not? What if- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. The only way you can build Silicon Valley here, and and I say no chance, not as, I don't, I believe there's a chance. Let me tell you how. Look at Spotify in Sweden. What you need to happen to create Silicon Valley or Hollywood or anything else is you need a Facebook or a Netflix or an Amazon built there create talent there, stay there, and build an ecosystem. Silicon Valley took 70 years to build in a purely capitalist country. That is very difficult to replicate. You would need, even Sweden and Stockholm, which got one, it got Spotify, and it stayed. It's still not Silicon Valley. It will take 50 to 100 years of perfect execution for Warsaw, Poland, or this region to I'm become. Ready. <laughs> Listen, and by the way, I'm, I love it. Listen, the... I, I really want to do it. Like, so fucking I'm do it. Serious. No, I because my profession, real profession, is architecture, and my job is to build things, and I want to really build something, and whether it's physical thing or company. Can I tell you something else yes. about very, very, very successful entrepreneurs to the level that you're talking about? Yeah. They don't talk about shit. They do. No, they execute. <laughs> yeah, no. So like, you, you, have me, you have me unbelievably enthusiastic, but whether you're right or I'm right or she's right, yeah. it doesn't matter. I promise you this, you're not gonna inspire this room to rally and turn this into Silicon Valley. You need to execute, show, you know what cynicism needs? Examples. So everything I do, I have cynicism just like I'm giving to you. So then I go and do it and then everybody in the liquor industry says, oh wait a minute, maybe an internet site was a good idea, not a second store. 
oh wait a minute, social media was a big thing, not a fad. You need to execute. I'm working on it. Good, <laughs> good luck. No, I, I'm serious, so we can I'm memorize I'm fucking serious me. too. <laughs> we'll meet and... But, but <laughs> I'm telling you, I already know you're in hair in trouble by even saying you're serious because you want to talk about it. You need to do it. I know, because I said it, I have to do it. <laughs> Just do it. I, nothing would make me happier than flying back here and doing a conference and saying, 20 years ago, she was right, I was wrong. That would make me happy, not upset. Yeah. But I know you have but no it's chance. Gonna be in 50 years. <laughs> That's fine, but you're gonna have no chance if you're debating it, you just have to do it. Hewlett Packard didn't tell everybody, they just did it, that's how Silicon Valley happened. But do you think that, because we all argue, do you think it's possible with our nation, with our nature, that is? <laughs> it's, here, here's how I think about it. America is arguing with each other right now, left and right every day, split completely in half. Do I think that countries and regions have DNA? Yes, I do. Do I think the biggest vulnerability is brand? When there's a whiz kid right now, a 14-year-old girl named Marta in Warsaw who's inventing something amazing, and when she gets it, does she think that she's gonna move to Silicon Valley? Yes, I think that's the problem. Facebook was invented in Boston, not Silicon Valley. Pinterest was invented in Pennsylvania, not Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley has brand like Hollywood. So when people are talented and come up with things, they go there. That's the strength. You think everybody who invents everything amazing is born in fucking San Francisco? <laughs> they built a brand, people go there. That's the biggest issue. Not that you fight or you're cynical or head down or whatever. It's that nobody, this country's not subsidized. If this country said, hey, if Poland said, hey, we're creating a new law. If you have a business on the internet that does $10 million a year and you move headquarters to Warsaw, you have to pay no taxes ever. That's good. Got it? It's systematic, it's much bigger. I also want to say one more thing. Uh, actually, it's, something is already happening because uh, I did one test in China and I know that all Polish people, they don't want to admit that they are Polish when they are abroad. And I thought it's stupid. So I gathered, I tried to use WeChat. I don't know if you know WeChat. Uh, and I tried, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. No, I don't I, get another I, one. I, got, I know, that was, that was great. That was just one hour of work. Yep. And I wrote on WeChat, hey, I'm doing a group, uh, Polish creative people, do you want to join? And suddenly I gathered 90 people. Everybody talks, my dear. No, I gathered 90 people and... You uh, said you want to build the next fucking Silicon Valley here. That's not gonna be a group, it's gonna be execution for 50 years. Yeah, but what I want to say is that we already have amazing entrepreneurs. No shit. I agree. Just, yeah, we have you, you're Slavic. I live in New York. So what, but you're Slavic. Fine, we're human too. You're being unbelievably ideological and it will hurt you. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. The ladies over there with the mic, Gary. Yep. Hi, Gary. And by the way, I apologize. I love that you have so much pride. Just execute, you know? It just, it's much, much better to execute. Hi, Gary, nice to meet you. Nice to My meet you. My name is Anna. I came here from Family Run Business. I have a very short uh, question to you. Could you give me like a three advices 
uh, how to be strong B2B business in social media, because loads advice is for B2C businesses, and I'm from B2B. I think B2B has more upside on social than B2C, because less B2B businesses are using it, supply and demand. So tell me what your business does. Uh, our uh, business is uh, designing and producing uh, party decorations, and we uh, preparing everything to celebrate events, make a birthday party, do you wedding. Do you record on video every event that you do? Not really. Good, do that, okay, then take it home, okay. then chop it up into one minute videos, 10 minute videos, 13 second videos, then get the people that paid you approval to share it, then run it on LinkedIn against businesses, you can run ads against decision makers in HR, in Poland, on LinkedIn, you make little videos, they get excited because that looks good, they email you, you get business, you email me in two years and say, Gary, you're a genius. Gary, I will do. Thank you very much. You will have our party deck company. Thank you, people. Maybe one or two more. Uh, so Let's, go. Many hands. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, this. This late. Uh, Why don't gentleman? we do this? Why don't yeah. we do this? Go on. Real quick, because yeah. let me help you here. Thank you. Real quick. Um, I, we've run out of time, but I'm going to go extra. But here's how we're going to do it. I'll go as long as I can, but I want to be as efficient as possible. If you have a question, go down one of these aisles. Yeah. The people with the mics come up here. The two people at the mics come here. Yeah. Let's make lines in the aisles. This way we'll just go nice and order and you don't have to oh my God. look ridiculous. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> some people like me, some don't. <laughs> okay, you got the mic. Who's got the mic over yeah. here? Let's, let's make it fast and efficient. Great, you uh, get to the front. Good. Anybody else, wherever you're sitting, you can get into line and Thank this you. way we can be efficient. Cool. Let's do it. Go ahead. Hey, Gary. Yes. Uh, nice to meet you and a uh, quick question. Do you reject clients and do you like evaluate clients based on like the I don't know profitability, etc. Like business criteria, yes. invite their media. Yes. What are those? Yes, but I only do it now because we're big enough to be able yeah. to afford to say no. I understand. In the beginning, I say yeah. yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Even if, if you a, if you lost money on the business. A hundred percent, because I need examples in the beginning. Yes. Okay. I lost money on almost everybody in the beginning of VaynerMedia because I needed to show people that okay. Pepsi and GE was working with me to get new clients. And it's, it's so funny to me. Beggars can't be choosers. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you have no clients, mm -hmm. like, it's good to get them. I know, them. I understand. Okay, thank so you. yes, I do. But honestly, I don't love it. My team wants me to say no a lot more. I, I just think yes is a good idea. Uh, why do you, you, you don't want to like, reject Because them. shit changes. Okay. They tried to make me say no a year ago to a client because they had $500,000 and we were gonna lose 400,000. I said yes, you know why? It was a big fucking company. You know how much they're paying us this year? Nine million. Congratulations. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not based on anything other than either you're playing long term or you're playing short term. Yeah, okay. thank you. Uh, hey Gary. Hello. My name is Peter, so first and foremost, thank you for Crush It. Basically, I've got hooked on it and it impacted all in my life since. So right now, I'm running a whiskey bar. A whiskey bar. A whiskey bar. You Here look you like you're running a whiskey bar. Thank you, kind sir. Okay, so basically I have two groups of guests, Polish-speaking and English-speaking. Okay. The, most of content we produce, Instagram, uh, Facebook, blog, uh, newsletter, we Closer. run it. Closer. Sorry. Oh, okay. We run it in Polish. But Why? 
Why? Because most of polls are Polish speaking. And so, but you're running it organically, right? Yeah. You need to run Instagram ads to Polish people who speak Polish and then to Polish people that speak English. Yeah, I know. But okay, that, but nothing else. That's not my question. Okay. So basically you want to expand into gene market. We want to become a distillery as well. Basing on in that. which market? Uh, hopefully globally because gene is a... Dude, you're not even running Instagram ads in Polish and English in Poland yet and you're worrying about fucking global. Uh, actually I am. Okay, so then going global then is the same execution. No, my problem is that right now we... Don't, we are not delivering uh, content, like valuable content in English, yet we want to lay the ground for the gin company later, based on the brand from the bar. And basically, how, sh how should I approach it? Well, how did you approach the Polish content to bring value? Well, I produce a sheet of quality content regarding Good. age now, spirits. Now do that with English. Like run two blocks at once, for example, or? Of course. That's how you run ads. Yeah, okay. I okay. run 900 ads of the same video in 900 different languages to the people that speak that language. Okay, so basically, but you created like a shitload of different groups on but Facebook. No, 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 I, you're not running ads. You're posting organically and you're creating groups. You have to run ads. Okay, but- Do you know how ads, like you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, but the content itself at the end, I mean the most valuable content, the pillar. The most valuable content is universal in its soul, it just needs to be transcribed into a language that people understand. Okay, so basically I should pr provide the same content, for example, you 1,200 words blog posts in two languages at once. Correct. That's actually a lot of work. <laughs> you fucking wanna be global, dick. I do. It's Thank you. work. That's why, Gary, you started doing uh, stuff in Russian, in Chinese, in, in Spanish, on Instagram. 100%. A lot, in you Polish. Know, and I'm speaking English, and then it's being transcribed in words, you know, and so you could speak, if it's you or other people, in one language, and then you have people that you hire to transcribe it, you overlay the copy. If you go to Gary V. Portuguese, right, D-Rock? Is it Portuguese, go right? To, go to what do we have? On Instagram I have Gary VEE Portuguese. So some markets I've exploded, so I've even created accounts. I didn't even have accounts, I was just running it from one account and running it into countries, but certain countries took off. There is Gary VEE Polish? Polish? Yeah, Great. there is. So, yeah. Next hey bro. On that side. Hi. Is it running? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name's Adam, great fan. Thanks for, for all you're doing. And my question is that. Closer. Uh, oh, all right. Um, I'm a powerlifting coach, and I know you did a podcast with Mark Bell some time ago. And my question is, uh, how do you uh, market something that is fairly fucking boring? Like, you, you can only lift a weight in so many but ways. Here's, but here's the good news. Anything that is boring means it's narrow, but the people that care about powerlifting are who you're looking for anyway. So you say it doesn't make any sense to, to market it to the mainstream, right? No, I would market it to the mainstream. You're just not going to convert as well because he doesn't give a fuck about powerlifting. Most don't. Right, but you could run Facebook and Instagram ads against fans of Mark and reach everybody who is. Yeah, true, makes sense. I'm telling you, brother, and even the way that, that awesome dude, I'm telling you, there's so many nuances in the execution. Like... I love you and I think you have a lot of things down, but even in the way you're answering things or asking them, I know you don't have everything down. You 
Like, I stood here and yelled for 30, the reason I want you, guys, I fucking pr- like was praying for you guys to run Facebook and Instagram ads, but then I told you to go home and spend 10 hours learning them. My work isn't done here. I'm just trying to get you in the mindset to go all in. You have a lot of work to do. There's no groups. You can target anybody. But if you don't know that or think that way, you have no chance. Got it? I'm one of the people that run the ads and they didn't work, but I guess I'm just learning. And they don't work. Not yet. Right. I just gave you one execution that will work tremendously. And just a small follow-up question. Do you mind if I come up and take a photo with you? Hmm. Thanks. Go ahead. I can do two things at once. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you. You're welcome. I love your fucking hair. <laughs> Go ahead. Gary, my name is Rafał. I have a question. How many new clients come to VaynerMedia via your personal brand or VaynerMedia? How do brand? I? How? What was the question? How many new clients? How many new clients? Yes, comes to VaynerMedia because of my personal brand. Yes, versus uh, new business executes. Um, the two main ways that VaynerMedia gets clients are okay. an executive from a big company watches this keynote on LinkedIn, thinks it's smart, and hires us. Okay. Or we've been doing very, very good work for eight years. Mm-hmm. Somebody works at Mars, then she goes to Procter and Gamble, and she hires us. Okay. Hunting, farming. Okay. Thank you. You're Can welcome. we take a selfie? Sure. Ah. <laughs> you started something. Hi. Hi, Gary. Um, oh, no. Oh, sorry. Um, so, my name is Katie. Um, I hate life. I've been following you for a year. I do everything you say. I'm even on Musically, Facebook, Twitter. I do a daily blog, a daily podcast. In about five years' time, I want to do a fitness and nutrition program for IT consultants. I'm a consultant. I live in hotels three mm-hmm. to four days a week. Smart. I want to prove I like that it. that's my niche. I'm going to hone in on it. I love I it. Prove that it's you the truth. Stay. It's your truth. I love it. Keep and going. It's all about me being the best version of myself. But um, I'm more about building my personal brand over five years, and then I want to monetize on it. Okay. Is, is that the correct way? Do you think I'm doing it right, or do you think I should? You know how I think about it? You know how some people, let's think about drawing. Some people go to art school, and after six years, become very good at drawing. Other people are seven years old, given a crayon, they start drawing, and they're phenomenal. So I'm not worried about timing. I'm just worried about patience. Yeah. So you know, I've got the patience. Good. But I'm just worried but five that years then I'm not is a bad. Ask. I don't like you thinking five years. Okay. It might be two and a half. Yeah. It yeah. might be nine. You just need to put in good work, guys. I'm here on the back of Wine Library TV in 2006. For the first two years, nobody cared. It was small. But I did it every day because I knew it was right. That's yeah. what I want you to do. Okay, can I have a selfie? selfie? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary. Hey, um, my name is Rakas. I came from Lithuania. Uh, I, I just wanted to give you a quick question. Uh, you feel free to take a selfie first. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the, thing is that my <laughs> the thing is that my question is a little bit off topic from the business question, but I think that this is uh, actually very important for many more people. So we know this thing that uh, many of us uh, have to do things that we don't actually like or love, but 
deep inside we have something that we really want to do but we cannot do because of the responsibilities and you know we have to have the stable income, we have to do something because we have to and blah blah blah. The question is, what are the three activities, uh, three um, main goals that you have to set in order to move a step closer towards doing something that you actually love? So it's a really interesting question and as I was listening and I hope people are paying attention, <laughs> most people spend money on dumb things which then forces them to do things they don't want. So step number one for most people in here, they should sell their home, take the money, and go rent. They yeah, should right. return their BMW and get a Toyota. I own a BMW, God damn it. And that's why, and honestly, that becomes the vulnerability. Why do you own a BMW? Because I love the car, just the brand, and I, lo I love driving it, so I don't know. So to me, that's where it gets interesting, right? Do you, or do you like what the brand does to make you look to other people? I don't know, I'm not assuming. I know, I don't you have know. a point, you have a point. I know I have a point, I don't know you, but I know in the macro that 98% of people that buy a Mercedes or BMW likes what it makes other people think of them, not that they like it, and that $487 a month versus what they really need, which is $100 a month, is why they have a job they hate because they're paying for a life that means nothing. Guys, the amount of people in here that have a job they hate and they buy things they don't care about to impress people they don't give a fuck about scares the shit out of me. Gary, can I ha ask one more question? Another question, a favor. Can we take a minute of your time after this conference and record a short video together? No? All right. And anyway, can I take a picture with you then? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for the answer. That's right, please. Sure. Hi. Hi. Um, Mike. Whoa, I'm stressed out. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay, just move out. I forgot move. my question. <laughs> You'll remember it. Okay. Think, okay. what was it about thematically? Yeah, yeah, um, okay, so um, to succeed, we need to do what we love, right? It helps because what people don't talk enough about is how much hard work it takes to succeed, and when you love it, it's a lot easier to work, you know, the reason I win is I love my process, so I'm always doing it, which means I'm working two days for everybody else's one day, because I'm working 18 hours a day because I love it. It's not the only way, and then more importantly, it depends how you define success. For me, success is being happy. Yeah. So doing something you like means you're happy, that means you're successful, not that you have a fucking BMW. Attention, BMW. You know, you like I mean, attention? I, of course I love attention, right? That's why I do what I want, but I don't want attention for the things that I wear. I want attention for the things that I provide others. Okay, my, my question um, actually is, um, if, you, if you do like a lot of things, like doing things, Pick like, one. Yeah, but how, how to pick one? Throw a dart. <laughs> I'm being serious, you're so fucking young. First you pick flower selling, it didn't work. Then you do videography, it didn't work. Then you dress people, it didn't work. Then you started a SaaS company. When you're so young like you are, and you have so many things you love, pick one, do it for a little while. If it doesn't work, pick the next one. Mm, okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Hello, Gary. Hello. So my name is Camille, and uh, like you, uh, 
Many of, uh, many of other people here, I, I'm an entrepreneur. She wants to sign the, sign the book, so maybe let's go for it first. Uh, so it's a fucking pleasure to meet you in person. Big ups for the D-Rock, for Jordan, you know, for all of you. Thanks Thank so you. much for everything you're doing. Um, I was looking for a question that might be interesting for myself, but also maybe for other people since so many of us. Uh, for the question, entrepreneurs under 32 uh, might have, and I think it would be value for them as well. Uh, so I'm the CEO of my company, right? And I was thinking, I don't have kids, but what would be like the threats or the similarities and differences of a good parent and as well like a good CEO, you there's know, because I'm, sometimes it's, it's getting confusing, you know? And no, it's a great question. I think there's a lot of parallels between being a good parent and a good CEO because you're the leader. I think leaders that win realize something very important, that they work for their employees, not their employees work for them. Always thank, trying thank that. You. Always trying that. And I'll tell you, the biggest issue with parenting is parents view their kids as a reflection of them to other people. Instead of parenting for them, they parent for the parent, not for the kid. I think parenting and being a CEO is exactly the same. If you understand that you're in it for the other person, then you get what you want. My mom gets a lot of happiness because she raised me for me, now she gets to enjoy the fruits of that happiness. When you run a company for everybody else, that you're gonna financially benefit because they're gonna care more. It is the mental, I'm, it's the reason most people, when they go from doing something to becoming a manager, aren't good at it. Because they think now everybody works for me, they don't realize they now work for everybody. I work for 900 people. Not 900 people work for me. I understand, but there is a, you know, as you said before, the business is a babe, you know, and yes. I could imagine like all my older employees. Brother, I know where you're about to go. Are also like the babies, That's you know, fine. so but, like but they you're, all. But you're the CEO. Yeah, if he's not doing a good thing as a baby for the overall baby, you can fire him. Of course. That's your fucking fault. Okay. The end. I got it. Every yeah. single problem at VaynerMedia is 100% my fault, not 99 you know why? I hired some fucking idiot. So before you go where I know you're about to go, fire them. And if you're too good of a guy or it's your sister. Trying to be, simply. Me too. Guess what? Then you will lose. Then there'll be no baby for anybody. Uh, also, I just wanted to ask, because I was waiting for this fucking selfie for seven years since the first time that I've seen you and I fucking woke up, seriously, you know? Thanks for, so much pleasure, for, for everything you're doing. Brother, brother, if you're gonna be nice to one person and you're too over nice to them, there's gonna be nothing for the other 30. And it hurts, but that's what you chose. <laughs> yeah, I... Let's go now, please start. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, hi, Gary. Hello. My name is Matthew. Um, I've just um, graduated from college, but, um, but I am uh, about the age uh, when we uh, are become. Um, okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. He'll translate. Wieku, Do you speak Russian? I would understand that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, wieku, którym, uh, Closer. Closer. Jesteśmy w takim wieku, w którym część z nas może stawać się rodzicami, a 
z uwagi na fakt, że część czasu poświęciliśmy na naukę na przykład w, na uniwersytecie i tak dalej i tam nie było przygotowywania do bycia dobrym rodzicem. Chciałbym się zapytać, jakie są twoje rady dla przyszłych rodziców młodych? Powiedz raz szybko, bo byłeś... Dla młodych rodziców rady, którzy... Ale ty zostajesz rodzicem młodym? Nie. Czy twoich rodziców? Yes. He's a young parent or he went to university. Listen, I don't need to know the translation. When you live for your parents' life, you will lose. The question was, what should the, what's your advice for the young father? For future parents. Are you a father now? Well, then don't fucking worry about it yet. I mean it, it's important, and I saw this, and you really got it. You're worried about shit in the future that, that I don't understand. All, there, the amount of time humans spend on things that are not practical, at the, you have no idea where the fucking world's gonna look like when you have a fucking child. My advice might be to move to Africa, because that's where all the opportunity is, because China's pouring so much money into it. Is that good? You, you should move to Ghana. That's my advice. Hey. You're, that's not where your head should be. If the question is different and you're asking it because you're so fucking pissed at your parents that you want to be a better parent, that's a more interesting question. Yeah, I think. And that question is you need to live your life for you. Period. Could you, could you make a, a photo? Yes, yeah. that I understood. So you're welcome. Go ahead. I will take that. Yeah, go, go for it. You're good? Um, I will do it for you. I'll send it to you. He's got it. He's got it? Okay. You want to sign? Okay. How are you? Go ahead. Yeah, of course. Go on. Uh, to speak up, please. Głośno, proszę. Tak, więc ja mam pytanie, jak rozwinąć biznes medyczny, gdy... No ja jestem lekarzem i głupię się troszkę w tym. Poczekaj chwileczkę. Are you okay to listen? Uh, she is a doctor and she's a bit confused, but tell me more. Znaczy, jak rozwi- jak, jeśli Gary byłby lekarzem, jakby rozwijał swój biznes medyczny. W sensie, z, lekarzem? czy ma budować y, markę osobistą, czy zapraszać do przychodni, w której pracuje B2B i... Jak, jak gdyby zapraszać w social media do promowania, jak gdyby do odwiedzin Ciebie. przychodni, tak? How would you develop a brand as a doctor, as a, she is a GP, and she, pracujesz dla siebie czy dla firmy? Dla no, właśnie, czy ma budować y, markę swoją, czy markę firmy, dla której pracuje, shall czy jak ta firma ma się uh, Build up her brand under her name, or yes. the brand of the company she works for as a you. doctor? Put out content on Instagram and Facebook, about things that you're seeing in the way that people can prevent disease, trends you're seeing in the health space, good advice to not get sick, what you do when you get sick. We all have opinions or expertises. We need to share them in places where people are consuming information about you. You, you. Okay, you got it. Any, co, coś jeszcze? 
Tak, i czy wtedy takich ludzi mam zapraszać do skorzystania usług na przykład w placówce medycznej, czy tworzyć jakieś produkty online, tak? Jakieś webinary, uh, produkty, she's asking if she, tak? she should invite people to use her online products, I mean, she probably doesn't have them yet, or invite people to visit her at a physical location uh, as a doctor. Put out free content and they're going to show up in both places. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Oh, oh. Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to see you. Thank uh, you. Cannot even describe how excited I am. Mike, closer to the mouth. Okay. So basically, my business is based on eBay platform. And I know eBay platform super well. I know that platform better than... Which platform? eBay. eBay. Yeah. Good. I know this platform better than my girlfriend. But at the same time, eBay is like living the psycho man. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen in life. Yeah, especially with eBay. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. It's what you know well, which is why you know how instable and how much it moves. The only reason you're saying that is you're, you have expertise in eBay. I promise you, you never know what's going to happen in social. You never know what's gonna happen in crypto. You never know what's gonna happen in Madison Avenue and Wall Street and Warsaw and Silicon Valley. You could get hit by a bus tonight and die. You never know anything. Okay, so I'm gonna go to question. So there are two statements in business. One statement is that we need to go all in, 100% into it. And another statement is that we need to create some different Both. sources of income. Both. Go all, you're 20 fucking years old. 16, 19, 23. Right? 26. Fine, you look great. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Both. Keep crushing eBay and establish other revenue streams too. So you mean like keep, keep doing on eBay and also establish Amazon, Etsy and so on? A hundred percent. Thank you. And, and you know why, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have the time to work 10 hours more a day. Also, do you see a dropshipping like long-term uh, thing, long-term yes. business? Yes. And Selling shit will always be around. Sometimes markets are better. Sometimes Shopify is better than Amazon. Sometimes eBay is better than, you know, than you know, uh, Craigslist. Sometimes Facebook Marketplace. Shit will always change. eBay didn't fucking exist 20 years ago. You're asking for me or anybody else to stay stable in a world that constantly moves. The end. Can I take photo? Yes. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Yes, gotta go? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, I gotta go. Whoa, one question, one question. Last one, last one. You never, bro, you never know what life is gonna happen. You,